Hey, hey D&D, D&D fam. fam. I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas, Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for edutainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 <laughs> or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Duckets. Hello, D&D fam. Welcome to another week. Yes, yes, yes. We hope you're doing well. Welcome back. We have a busy diva docket this episode. As always. Yes. And so we wanted to conclude our two-part Know Your Worth series. And so this time we wanted to focus on compensation negotiation. So Quick and I have a lot of conversations Mm -hmm. around, you know, when we introduced ourselves and how she has no problem Hmm. asking about somebody's (laughs) coins. Right. And so we wanted to delve into just making sure that we were doing the things we needed to do to advocate for ourselves Mm -hmm. in terms of conversations with our employers for those of us who are on that nine to five track pay me okay (laughs) and you know and say it saying it in a professional setting you know we can't just say give me my money (laughs) so we brought in a specialist with over 10 years experience to answer a lot of those questions that we've asked ourselves that we've had to learn along the way so we are really excited to get into that Yes. But first, we are going to introduce this episode's Boss Bay. And as you know, our Boss Bay are small businesses or individuals in the local community doing their thing, making an impact, here to serve you. Um, And so this week, we wanted to highlight Justin Redrick of Bitcoin Vegan Transformational Services. He is a memory specialist, master transformation coach, and a Bitcoin educator. He understands the power of a transformational journey, having ventured on one himself. Almost 10 years ago, he found himself on the path to becoming just another statistic in the criminal system. Mm. Instead of falling prey to the endless revolving door, Justin transformed himself into a father, a coach, and a valued member of his community. Yes, Justin. All right. (laughs) Justin sincerely cares about helping others follow him in their transformational journeys to grow into being the best versions of themselves. He seeks out those who have become stuck in the slums of their minds and are ready to climb up to success that they never before imagined. He seeks out to prepare those to take control of their minds and evolve into an empowered decision maker. When not guiding his guests or his clients on their journeys to success, he enjoys spending time with his daughter, boxing, massive reading, and indulging in self-care such as float therapy. Hmm. I know. I've never tried that. It's interesting. <laughs> Justin can be found on Instagram at Bitcoin Vegan. That is B-I-T-C-O-I-N. Vegan is V-E-G-A-N. He can be reached via email at Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, at BitcoinVegan.com. And his website is BitcoinVegan.com as well. And so to that, Mr. Redrick, we say, Hey, hey bae. bae. 
Okay, so let's get into yes, it. Yes, let's get into it. So we are doing our Know Your Worth series. And like if you the last podcast episode, we were discussing more so Know Your Worth in about being a business owner, mm-hmm. supporting black businesses, mm-hmm. what you can do to make sure that your business is supported, how to do you know customer service. So yep. this one, we're going more into the corporate world into the corporate settings and knowing your worth and how to get that compensation the adequate compensation Mm -hmm. um in order for you to you know that kind of exactly what it says compensate you for the work that you're doing for that corporation so you're not underpaid and then all the things that go into that right and this applies to the hourly and the salary Mm -hmm. so you know it doesn't matter if either either situation that you're in Mm -hmm. you know this can apply to you if you work for an employer it's important for you to know your worth yeah yeah Yeah. because a lot of i mean some things might not be available to a contract employee you know um getting into like stocks and stuff like that but usually Mm -hmm. the benefits as far as insurance um you know pto those kinds of things are also still negotiable and that's why we say it applies to to both yeah. The, the you know the hourly and the uh, full time salaried employee. Yeah. So we brought in a little segment we would like to call Ask HR. Mm-hmm. So we brought in a specialist and just going to give you a little information on her, and then we're going to delve into some of those burning questions. Yes. So our guest today is a New York native. She attended undergrad and received her master's in human resources and human resources management at Villanova University. She has been an HR professional for over 10 years and has worked at Fortune 500 companies. She currently works for a professional services firm. Currently, she resides in Charlotte with her son and her husband. And our guest is a proud member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. (laughs) I guess. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. So, Miss HR, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, ladies. And hey. thank you so much for having me. Uh, quick, I caught a little bit of that shade. Uh-huh. Uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha was mentioned, but I forgive you. And I love you anyway. So and we love you, love you back anyway. from Delta Sigma Theta. <laughs> we love you back. Okay, so we wanted to delve a little into, and as much as you can get into, to it just what do you do and how do you get how did you get started like did you always know you wanted to work in HR or what was your journey like yeah sure so my journey started um coming out of undergrad I worked for an investment bank Mm -hmm. and so originally I thought about uh, becoming a teacher so I applied for Teach for America and I actually made it to the final round of interviews and as my luck would have it I got my interview time mixed up so Mm -hmm. I missed my last interview my last and final interview so needless to say I didn't get the role Um, and with all that being said um, my journey in investment banking started so I did an internship uh, when I graduated, um, excuse me, before graduation from undergrad. Mm-hmm. And that internship then turned into a full-time offer. So I, I went ahead and put put my dreams and aspirations of possibly becoming a teacher on hold. Mm. And I went into investment banking. Um, from investment banking, I then realized my passion for people mm-hmm. uh, and really the work in the people space. So mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion, recruiting, mm-hmm. um, employee relations, all of those things interest me. Uh, so I started to dibble and dabble in, in those things and got a role in learning and development. And then it just kind of took off from there. Um, then got a role as a HR generalist and I've been in HR ever since. 
That is, I love hearing people's stories. Like that was, Mm -hmm. you never even see how those links link together until after they completed Mm -hmm. the chain, right? Mm -hmm. So when you were saying that you went from the learning and development, was that more so a course? Did you go, have to go back and get like an HR degree or HR studies or what, like did things just align to allow you to move across that um, platform into HR? That's actually a great question. So I didn't have to go back and get any certifications when I was transitioning from investment banking to learning and development. But at the company uh, that I worked at, there was an opportunity that I saw and it, it aligned to what I was doing. So it was basically learning and development, but for people who worked for the investment bank. Okay. Um, so I had the background, I had the knowledge and sort of spent it to say, I want to apply this uh, business knowledge that I have in this role. Mm -hmm. So I I also say that to say, always, if you see an opportunity, don't discount yourself. Mm -hmm. Always ask the question, Mm -hmm. raise your hand, explore the opportunity. Don't be discouraged. I didn't have any back, any background in HR. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I raised my hand and sell yourself, sell Mm -hmm. yourself, sell your your background mm-hmm. um and and make sure that people know what you can bring to the table man she giving some good Listen, nut- we word. can stop we about to stop the podcast right there so <laughs> <laughs> so i mean speaking of like selling yourself um and you know not necessarily maybe not having every single piece of what a job requirement have what do you actually look for when you are, are looking at a potential candidate like in their resumes yeah. So I think, you know, when recruiting, so, so what will happen is your resume uh, will first go to uh, a recruiting, maybe a coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always go right to the recruiter. You may mm-hmm. have someone who doesn't have a lot of experience just kind of scanning your resume and they are told what it is that they should be looking for. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, when you are applying for a role, if you're very serious about wanting this role, take the opportunity to look at your resume before you apply and make sure that it aligns to the role. Mm-hmm. So that might mean including buzzwords. So right. looking at the job description and incorporating some of those words and, and that language from the job description into your resume. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, meaning taking those experiences that you already have and making them make sense for the person who is looking at it at this company, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, the way that people phrase things, I think on their resumes is really important. Mm-hmm. So pay attention to, again, that, that job description, what the company is looking for and look at how that aligns with your experience and make it make sense for the person who's looking at it who works for this company. That will really make you stand out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. That's yeah. great. So, and speaking of just alignment and making sure that you are standing out, you know, you can stand out in negative ways as well. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the, I know you're not recruiting now or you're not in recruiting now, but what are some of those maybe the three biggest mistakes you've seen in those initial screenings or interviews Mm -hmm. that will prevent a candidate from progressing? Uh, The very, very first is a typo. 
Mm-hmm. Um, errors in your resume, so not taking an opportunity to have someone proofread it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, have it, have another pair of eyes take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Font differences, mm-hmm. um, and some of the stuff is very personal to me, so I don't want to make it so general. But I'll tell you, if I'm looking at a resume and there are a ton of different fonts, it's not consistent, mm-hmm. it's not neat, mm-hmm. um, it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. I would also say stretching the truth don't Mm -hmm. stretch the truth so if you be honest uh about your experience and this more so is not so much um looking at the resume but more so the screening process so that initial kind of screening interview Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. be honest and transparent about your experiences don't stretch the truth but sell yourself so there's a fine line between selling yourself Mm -hmm. and between completely stretching the truth Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm and and when you said, can you expand upon that, like, like someone stretching the truth versus just kind of like selling themselves? Because when you are talking about getting um, an interview, I mean, you basically are you're marketing yourself um, right. to, to a potential em- employer, but you know, you also don't want to be, I guess, in I'll, I'll put it in car terms, like you know, trying to sell a shiny car knowing it's a lemon. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly. So So I'll actually give you an example uh, of something that I experienced personally when I was interviewing um, someone a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So the position uh, was for a coordinator. Uh, The requirement was very Excel heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, So this individual needed to be extremely proficient in Excel. Mm -hmm. Um, So on this individual's resume, they put that they were extremely proficient in Excel. Mm -hmm. When we got to the screening and we asked some Excel related questions and questions to somebody who is, you know, very proficient questions (laughs) that would be very easy, fairly common if you're proficient, Mm -hmm. this individual wasn't able to answer Mm -hmm. at all. So it was not even a base level proficiency. It was almost zero proficiency. Wow. So in a situation like that, the truth was stretched. Right. Now, you might not be able to answer every single Excel question, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. If you have that base level knowledge, you have some knowledge, you can you can articulate that you're aware of some of the basics, totally different. Mm-hmm. So don't don't say that you're proficient when your knowledge is zero. Mm. Well, all right. There you have it. <laughs> and and it so was very disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so they didn't make it to the second interview. Um, no, no, they did they not. Not passed. They barely even made it to the exit. through. Goodbye. <laughs> they barely made it to bye. Oh, no, I'm sure y'all deal with that a lot. I but know. like, it's also talking about um submitting applications, and I'm jumping a little bit, but also in talking about applications, like things that you're talking about like the type font and you know those are some very basic things because word tries to help you out as much as possible by underlining and making it red but yeah just proofreading um do you also get knocked out or not screened or not being able to get an initial interview based upon that inevitable question of what what are your salary expectations right because mm. a lot of the times from the outside um if you're external to the client I mean external to the company then you might not see what that um what the position yeah what the paying. position is paying yeah. so they might be guessing or basing upon what I currently make and this is what I desire to make like not really having any kind of foundation for what that salary is so mm-hmm. one 
how can they actually get that information or d- decide what an actual good price would be or good range would be for that number that they have to put in the application? Mm-hmm. And two, do they actually get screened or not hired because that number might be too high? Mm. Yeah, so I think a, a couple of things on that. So every company is is different. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you mentioned that I do think is, is definitely worth um, making sure that people understand is the salary bands are not always public to employees mm-hmm. internally. Okay. So that that isn't always the case either. Okay. So it, it really does depend on um, depend on the company okay. from the perspective of if the salaries are um, are posted internally. Right, so that, right, that's right. kind of that, that first okay. bit. Yeah. Um, the second piece is if you will get knocked out of the running because of what you put on uh, your application. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that, so a couple things on it. That also depends on the opportunity. It depends on what the need is for mm-hmm. that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, of course, depends on the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give you an example. If you um, put that your desired salary is between 125 um and 200 that's a pretty big range right um so i would i would recommend you know narrowing uh the, the range that you put and, and realistically put what you truly feel like you are worth, which we can get into that a little mm-hmm, bit later. Mm-hmm. We can dig into that a little bit later, how to get to that number. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely don't, don't undercut yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also be, be realistic. Mm-hmm. So, you won't always get pulled out of the application pool. There are instances when someone's background will speak for itself. They'll bring you in for that screening, that screening, and they'll ask you, um, are you flexible? Or, or they'll outright ask you, what are your salary expectations? Now, right. I think this advice differs. So some people use this strategy and some don't but what I always tell people is to say that you are more interested in the opportunity at this point and you're flexible because Mm -hmm. remember this is the very beginning you're still feeling them out they're still feeling you out let's see if this is worth my time so I'm flexible but my my um my goal is really to to just ensure that this is a fit, so really fit in in the role. That's really what I'm looking at. So you want to kind of sell, you want to sell that versus backing yourself into a number. Um, and again, I think that advice it, it it could differ person to person. That's always something that that I've seen as, as being beneficial. And if they push, then you push back and you ask the question, "What is the range?" So mm-hmm. you get information from them before you you throw out, just throw out your number. Mm-hmm. You make sure that you've gotten all the information that you can from that recruiter around what the range is and then kind of go from there. I know that was pretty long-winded, but happy to kind of dig into any aspect of what I mentioned a little bit deeper, but hopefully that answers the question. It definitely yeah. did. And, I mean, that's that's free information because I love, you know, it's a really hard thing to be able to get that sentence that you said. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a really nice way of saying I'm not going to tell you you need to 
get right. rid of more information. Right. You know, like not locking yourself in at a moment when it's way too early, usually way too early in mm-hmm. the interview. Right. Um, with someone that doesn't have the authority usually to Probably negotiate not. the salary right. anyway. <laughs> So, exactly. um, yeah, I really like that It's answer. all about the finesse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, in terms of knowing your worth, so, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned that sometimes even internally you, you're not sure of that number and certainly externally they don't necessarily tell you. So how can, as a candidate, how can I determine what a realistic salary is? Like how do I kind of get to that because – you know, especially within certain areas, it's really taboo to just say how much what should I, I do. be asking right. for. Yeah. <laughs> what we I wasn't gonna call you out. It's but. all right. <laughs> it's all right, it's out there. <laughs> I would say you wanna get a sense of what the industry trends are, what the salaries are in, in your industry mm-hmm. for your um, for your rank or, or in that in that band of your years of experience. Okay. Um, and so I think that there there are a couple ways to do it. So definitely using the World Wide Web. So going online, um, looking at I know Glassdoor is one that is is used pretty frequently, um, and they're they're pretty good uh, ballparkish with um, uh, with roundabout salaries, mm-hmm. um, but definitely getting a sense of a couple things. So one, of course, the the industry salary trends and and, and what that what that looks like, what the ranges look like, your location. Mm-hmm. So if you're in New York versus being in Charlotte, right. there is going to be that, you know, that, that cost of living difference. So be mindful, of course, about, you know, your, your, your geo. So mm-hmm. where you're, where you're located, mm-hmm. um, and also get a sense of what the need is for your role. Mm-hmm. Is your role in high demand? Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, and I know, one one job in particular a, a couple of years ago I know electrical engineers mm-hmm. that was a big thing mm-hmm. it was difficult to find an electrical an electrical engineer who mm-hmm. um, was just starting out a company that I worked for years ago um, they had a uh, a graduate program and so they heavily recruited for engineers but they were specifically looking for electrical engineers and it was difficult for them to find them mm-hmm. so I know um that type of role, you know, there was some flexibility there from a compensation standpoint because they really wanted you yeah. if you had this background. So also using that and leveraging that um, when you are looking at salary. Um, so if, you know, if, if the ask is um, 150, you might be able to bump that up a little bit because you're in high demand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep it, keeping all of those things, um, of course, in mind and not selling yourself short, Right. Mm-hmm. not selling yourself short. You know how you operate. You've been working in some cases, depending on the professional, mm-hmm. for the more seasoned professionals, you've been working for 10, 12 years. You've been working for five years. You know how you perform at work. You know what you can bring to the table. You know the feedback that you've gotten in the past. Be confident in yourself and in your craft, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. and know your worth. 
That is um really you know you just keep giving really wonderful nuggets and I'm right. sitting over here like making <laughs> yeah. notes right. like googling like this yeah you know so this is just so excuse the pauses because it's just like <laughs> let, letting it soak up so right. letting it sink in there um so when you're talking about like knowing your worth not selling yourself short let's you know talk about the, like the there's still genuinely a salary gap between men and women, right? Mm. So even if I do know my worth and I know, you know, what I'm doing is a high demand, I know that I've been doing what I've been doing for 10 to 15 years. I have all the credentials, yada, 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 you know, it can go on and on. It still does not prevent this salary gap that's, you know, between men and women. It's a 18%, currently an 18% salary gap between men and women. So they say that women make... 81 cents on the dollar for every dollar that a man makes, right? Now, let's be clear. Yes. That's a certain type of woman. Yes, yes, it is. And it, uh-huh. once you start adding, uh-huh. yes, once you start adding in race, it, it, it continues to decrease. Yeah. So, um, yeah. is that because, I mean, why is that? Is that because men naturally go in negotiating? Is that because they are just deemed more worthy? Mm-hmm. Um, like what in your experience like what is that even coming out the gate through the interviews and what's being offered before negotiations even get started there you i mean they could probably be offered from the beginning more more money than a woman is yep yep so quick i wish i had the answer mm. i really do but yeah. what i what i will say i think it's a, i think it's a couple of things so um in my experience in the companies that i've worked for i have not seen a man and woman coming in um at the same rank and Mm -hmm. one makes more than the other Mm -hmm. so i haven't i have not seen i haven't seen that and i'll tell you when we're looking at um people coming in from like undergrad coming Mm -hmm. into graduate programs everybody's making the same um so that's so that's kind of that piece. But from an experience higher perspective, I mm-hmm. haven't seen that. Okay. Where I think the gap starts to happen is once you're in the actual role. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at merit increases and, and, and things like that, mm-hmm. I, I think personally that is when you start to see that gap happen. Okay. I don't think it's at the onset when you have gotten the job, the man comes in and he's making more than the woman. You come mm-hmm. in making the same, mm-hmm. but when that as the years progress and when those merit increases start kicking in, that's when you might see a gap. Mm-hmm. And now this is just my my own personal thought. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about women having to go out on maternity leave. Yeah. So you've now been out a couple you've now been out a couple months mm-hmm. and your performance, although you're an excellent performer, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're a very strong performer, you've still been gone. Mm-hmm. You've been gone, right? So now you're coming back. And I think it's some it's it's a little bit of that unconscious bias, yeah. in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Purely my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I think that gap, um, where I think that gap happens. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of um, the negotiating mm-hmm. piece, I think uh, man, woman, uh, man, woman, black, white, Hispanic. What I find is, as and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. If you all will allow me to go there, because we okay. touched on the race piece for a go minute. Ahead. So if I can go there for a second, mm-hmm. if you all Bring will it. allow me, Bring yes. it on. Okay. As black professionals, mm-hmm. I don't feel like we always ask the question. 
Mm. We're just happy to be there. Mm. We're happy to be there. Mm -hmm. We have to stop being happy to be there. Mm -hmm. And we have to speak up for ourselves and ask the question. Simply ask the question. If you know that you are performing really well, you're doing really good, and you're knocking it out of the box, and you're looking at what you're making, you're looking at where things are from a market standpoint, where things are from a um, market standpoint specific to your rank, to your geography, and you know that there is a little bit of a gap there, and you truly believe based on your performance and the market research that you've conducted, you believe that there is a gap, you have to ask the question. And when you ask the question, it doesn't have to be, hi, person X. I'd like more money. Mm -hmm. It's simply, hi, person X. I've been doing a little bit of research and I've realized that there's a little bit of a gap from a market data standpoint. I, you know, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. looking at where I'm at. I'm looking at how I'm performing against my peers and I see that there is a gap. And so I just wanted to understand, you know, is there any flexibility from a compensation standpoint? Mm -hmm. Is there any flexibility in adjusting me up to just where from a geography standpoint also where I should where it looks like I should be just relative to to market data that's asking the question Mm -hmm. and that's not just being happy to be here Mm -hmm. I have a job and I'm happy I have a job and that's it so I'm gonna go right back to my cubicle and I'm gonna continue to push these buttons because I have a job and I'm good Mm -hmm. it's asking the question and not being afraid to to step out and do that Mm -hmm. so I think too that to me, um, could also be where some gaps are. Some people ask the question and some just don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you never ask the question, then guess what? You all know how the saying goes, closed mouths don't, don't get, get fed. Yeah, don't get fed, <laughs> honey. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, I, I want to stay on that negotiation part mm-hmm. for just a second because I think sometimes, and I have struggled with this as well, especially, like you said, coming out of school, fresh out, even if it's, you know, grad school, and you're just so happy to, like, oh, I'm in this position. <laughs> and so you don't realize that everything's negotiable, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could tell, you know, just from your experience, not only for salary, but just maybe other things that are negotiable that people may not know about, like what should one be prepared to discuss to get that higher offer or, I don't know, even vacation or things like that? Like what are some things people should think about? Or like I said, what are some things that people don't even know are negotiable? And then also to tag on to that, is that also depending on what would be negotiable be dependent upon how high you are up in that position, like an entry-level position, not as much to offer with negotiation versus, you know, you coming in in a new place for to be the CIO somewhere. Mm. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, so, again, what is negotiable? It can range by company mm-hmm. because there are some things that are negotiated in a benefits package that a company has that may be either difficult or almost impossible, then they're impossible to change. So Mm -hmm. there might be some things that are not negotiable. Mm -hmm. So I do think that it it depends on the company and it's asking the question. So I have seen people in the past, let's say you are, and this is just an example of something outside of um, your, the monetary aspect of your total rewards package. Mm -hmm. So let's say, um, you are starting a job and you're starting it in December, mm-hmm. but December 1st, but they're saying that your benefits won't kick in until 
January or February. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you know you're going to be starting in December, and you know that you're going to lose benefits from your other job. Mm-hmm. Uh, a point of negotiation there would be, is it possible for you all to start my benefits earlier? And if not, is it possible to include um, in the package additional compensation to help me cover my COBRA during that time? Mm-hmm. So that's a point of negotiation, meaning if they can't, if they say, hey, well, we can't change the date that your benefits go into effect. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't do that, but let's see, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Can you do, and again, it, it is, okay, if I know I'm going to have to pay for my benefits, can I be compensated um, for those for those benefits um, and how can I be compensated for that? So I think it depends on the company and, th- and then it depends on your total, your overall um, total rewards package. Now, uh, quick to answer your question as it relates to uh, folks by level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're going into an entry level versus if you're going into the C-suite, mm-hmm. your package is going to greatly differ and what you can negotiate is going to greatly differ because then we get into maybe shares and we get into all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. So level definitely um, plays a part. And I guess to even maybe take it a step back and to simplify it, your um uh, your package, where your where your package is, so your starting package versus the pack, your starter package versus mm-hmm. the package of an experienced professional, it's going to be different. Okay. So you have to negotiate based off of your rank, and, you know where where you are, and what you're taking a look at what your overall package looks like first, and then taking it from there to see what can be done. If that makes any sense. It does. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, you know, I apologize if I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but Miss HR has helped me at times um, Mm -hmm. have a little more couth in how I'm asking a question. She answers them very well. (laughs) (laughs) You always have. So, so for example, can you just give us a little example? And I understand this is off the cuff. But let's say this wonderful candidate, I have been offered this job. They gave me the little salary and all the blah, blah, blah. And let's say, I don't know, let's just say I want five or 10,000 more. How, what's, what's what's a good way to kind of introduce that that asks that question as you would say mm-hmm. okay so i think it's it's a couple ways that you can approach it but i would i would ask the question first mm-hmm. you so you're asking for five or ten thousand dollars more but are they telling you you're performing poorly because if they're telling you that you're performing poorly and you're asking for five or ten thousand dollars more we need to take a step back and address that first point but if you're performing well and i think and again people this is where it gets a little bit convoluted i think it's important for people first to be be sure and be clear around how you're doing like if i'm being just perfectly honest Mm -hmm. right so if you know that you're doing well if you know that you're doing well then you come to the table with your data points you come to the table with your data points and the way that i i would recommend that somebody approach it uh is okay well, person X, you know, I've been doing a little bit of research, um, and I did notice, I think I might have said this earlier, I did notice that there's, there is a gap when I look at where I am from a compensation standpoint, and where I look at, you know, where people in my role and rank are, 
in the state or in the geography, uh, I see that there's a little bit of a gap. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to get from your perspective, what steps do I need to take or what would I need to do to see if there was any flexibility in making that adjustment? Mm -hmm. So, so I would, that's how I would, I would start it because you're not coming to the table and just counting the table and saying, I want more money. Mm -hmm. You're coming to the table and you're being very clear Mm -hmm. about why you're looking for more money and you have the data points. So that's one way, that's one way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it depends on, it depends. You could be asking for a five to to $10,000 more because the nature of your role has changed. Mm -hmm. So you're in the same quote-unquote rank you're in the same rank but what you're doing your responsibilities mm-hmm. they they've expanded right yeah so you're now doing more so that's another discussion hey mm-hmm. blah 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 person x you know over the past several months my responsibilities you know have shifted and based off of my reviews I'm performing, you know, I'm performing above or in line, whatever the case. You're, I'm, I'm performing, you know, my performance has been really strong. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to get a sense of what discussions or how we should start the discussions just around my compensation. Because the compensation where I'm at, it's for X role. Mm-hmm. And I understand I'm now doing why Mm -hmm. so how do we start that and it is more of a question to them right so Mm -hmm. how do we start that conversation who do i talk to Mm -hmm. what do we do how do we start this conversation because i'm seeing that there's a gap Mm -hmm. and so i think to me that is starting the conversation Mm -hmm. you might not get an answer immediately Mm -hmm. but you're starting the conversation Mm -hmm. they know where you are you started to talk about it you've come to them and you've articulated why this five or ten thousand dollars more um is something that that you know you should you should have Mm -hmm. you've articulated to them how you're performing you've articulated to them how your responsibilities have shifted and you're doing you're you're articulating to them all the things that they already know but need a little bit of a reminder about (laughs) so so now help me come to help me to come to a resolution around how I go about addressing this. And then the last thing that I'll say just on that, it's also thinking about your relationships with the people who you work with, your trusted advisors. Mm -hmm. So do you start that conversation with your mentor in the organization who's been there for 10 years and knows the organization and can kind of help you navigate and say, you know what? Yep. Have that conversation with boom, boom, and boom. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would do it from this angle. I would talk to this person first. Think about who your trusted advisors are. Mm-hmm. Leverage those relationships. Mm-hmm. Have the conversations with those people or person who you who you truly trust, mm-hmm. who can help you to navigate because they know the culture better than you or I would. Right. Mm-hmm. So they may know even better who you should be speaking to. So just trying to put all of that I guess putting all that into perspective having your data leveraging your relationships not being afraid to have the conversation and standing in confidence and knowing that you're doing a fantastic job and you deserve to be compensated for it fairly yeah and Mm -hmm. I would definitely say um 
what you said was key, like with having the mentors, that's why they are so important mm-hmm. as you are working, um, especially they're important regardless of the field that you're in, but they're definitely right. important when you're trying to navigate a corporate space. And if you do not have those mentorships, if you do not have a sponsor, um, mm-hmm. which is more so the person that you know can be in the room and speak for you on your behalf when you're not there, mm-hmm. um, it, build them. Yeah. They're very they're imperative. You have to build those kind of relationships because there are spaces that you might not be able to go into and knowing that Mm -hmm. mentor knowing that person that has those eyes Mm -hmm. will allow you to you know to be able to do that and um when when you were talking you were more so uh dealing with a person that already had the position right Mm -hmm. um and a person that i guess kind of like during reviews and you know their their job or roles might have increased or you know trying to be compensated in that aspect so i had two follow-up questions with what you were saying one um how would your answer change when that question is even getting in the door right so you haven't you don't have the job yet but an offer has been proposed to you and you want to negotiate a higher salary there mm-hmm. and um two for the situations, most a lot of times, and I, I know it will be um, company dependent. A lot of times in that offer, it tells you, well, this will be what your annual increase will be, and it will be based upon um, usually the growth of the company, how well the company performed mm-hmm. that year, mm-hmm. and um, the other thing that they will say is that this will be um, the. So you have your increase in what your salary would be every year, and this is what your bonus would be. Mm -hmm. So is there a point for negotiation when at the very onset they told you, okay, your bonus is going to be 10% of your salary, your bonus is going to be 15% of your salary, Mm -hmm. and your increase will be based upon the performance of the company? Usually is kind of low. It's very small. It's very small, Mm -hmm. you know, 2%. (laughs) Um, So... When you were talking about <laughs> negotiating, the, I'm sorry. When you were talking about negotiating the five to ten thousand dollars, can you really do that when they've already told you on the outset that, the, like, are those numbers negotiable once you get in the position? And again, when you're trying to get that job, like, how do you ask that question to the HR person or to you know the HR person who's pretty much going to relay it to the manager, the, manager, mm-hmm. the hiring uh-huh. manager? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll take your I'll take that the first part of your question um, and answer that just around if you're not in the door yet, mm-hmm. how you go about negotiating that. So at first, always have your number or your range. Make sure that you're clear on that. Mm-hmm. You are clear on what's going to, what will satisfy you. Right. And you're also clear on being, you're realistic. You're right. realistic and you know this is a hundred and fifty thousand dollar roll, don't ask for two twenty five. Mm-hmm. You know daggone well. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yes. Let's be clear. Dag- oh, well. well. Yes. Be you clear did. and be realistic. <laughs> be realistic. Don't you know, don't lowball yourself. Mm-hmm. But don't go in here asking for triple when you know daggone well that that is not even that. Don't be gonna ask for the salary of another role. Right. Don't act up. Don't act up. Oh, no. So I would say you got you got the offer they came to you now what i have seen at times is before you get and and this could vary company by company Mm -hmm. before you get that paper it's usually a verbal Mm -hmm. right so when that verbal comes through that's when you want to start the conversation you don't really want to wait for the paper Mm -hmm. now I would say this, 
the only way that I would wait for the paper is if the total rewards package wasn't clear in the verbal, mm. meaning the verbal is, okay, we're going to start you, you know, we're looking to start you at, at X. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to know, the, the response to that is, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very excited about this opportunity. I'd like to understand the total rewards package. So I understand that that's the base comp, but can you help me understand um, what, the, what the total rewards package is? And at that point, allow them to go through with you mm-hmm. the total rewards package. Now, if they don't and they say, oh, we'll get into that later, or oh, then say, let me, if it's okay with you, when will I need to get back to you? Mm-hmm. Um, I just want, when, when will I need to get back to you? And allow them, you know, that time to give you a, a deadline or whatever the case. Um, so I would not ever off the cuff, when they come to you with a verbal offer, say, no, I want X, Y, and Z. Take, take a minute to think it through and then come back after you have thought about it and you ask, um, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity. I am very excited. Mm-hmm. I reviewed the compensation. I noticed that, you know, from a, a base standpoint, I'm at 150. When I look at the total rewards package, um, I want to understand if there's any flexibility around the base compensation. My expectation is blah. And allow them to say where if they can, if they can't, where they can meet in the middle, if they can't on the base, okay, maybe they could bump up the bonus. If they can't on the bonus, okay, from a, a benefit standpoint, vacation date, like let's start talking. What else? So how can we how can I make this make sense? Mm-hmm. Um so that that's how I would approach that. One of the other things you mentioned is flexibility, mm-hmm. the question around and let me know if I have this right. Is there any flexibility on that piece of the offer mm-hmm. when they say, oh, your annual increase will be this, your bonus will be based off of company performance? What I will say is, and again, this can vary by company, but for a lot of companies, those increases in that base is based off of how they're doing. So they can't promise X when at this point we have a pan we're in the midst of a pandemic so a lot of people aren't doing that great so they're going to be very careful not to not to promise anything for the future and i would also to be very honest i would also be a little bit leery about it too if it's not in writing then i wouldn't fool with it so let's just kind of put that out there as well if it's not in writing and somebody mm-hmm. has told you something it's invalid Think of it as invalid. <laughs> right. Okay? Because let a year pass, everybody get amnesia. Mm-hmm. So it's not valid. A honey. year. <laughs> so unless let that year that performance year pass. And right. Oh, I started a year ago and when I started, you said, Where Mm-mm. is that in your offer? Mm-mm. If not, it's invalid. Because it's so surely we're um, gonna go back and say, Let me look back at my Okay. <laughs> and let you go ahead and look back and it's right. not there. Right. Because you didn't get it in writing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we would tell you that in the legal field, too. Mm-hmm. Get it and write Get it. Get it and write it. I don't care if it's on a napkin. Write it down. Mm-hmm. So there isn't always a lot of flexibility in my experience mm-hmm. there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. flexibility usually comes more so on that bonus mm-hmm. coming in okay. and on that base coming in. That's okay. where your the, the future promises, eh, I haven't, it depends on, it could very well depend on the company, right. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That's good stuff. So now, unfortunately, like you said, in today's economy, you know, I don't, I don't know if people get bonuses next year. I don't know. Ooh. COVID summer. I don't know. Um, no. But listen, think about that. It's I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. But unfortunately, what some people are getting right now are severance packages. Some mm-hmm. people are being um, impacted by everything going on in the downturn. So in that situation, you know, when you come in and you're being told that you're being let go, you're going to get some kind of severance package. Is that something that could be negotiated or, or I don't know, what are maybe things that you think should be included in there Mm -hmm. so people are making sure that they kind of dot all their I's and cross all their T's just um, from your experience kind of um, expound on that yeah sure Um, so I I always say and and my motto is is ask the question you've Mm -hmm. got to ask the question Mm -hmm. Um, so whether or not they'll be able to do it is another story but Mm -hmm. but definitely there's no harm in asking Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and typically, and again, this, you know, I said this with the caveat that everything varies by company and industry and all that. Um, and in a lot of instances, um, your severance or what you would possibly be entitled to, sometimes that's outlined at the beginning and what some people might call like an agreement that you sign mm-hmm. when you join. Um, so sometimes, and, you know, with certain companies, that is all, that's up front. That's kind of established up front what your severance will be mm-hmm. if you were to be terminated and it not be for um, for cause or whatever. And we could kind of, that's a whole nother, uh, you know, termination and, and when and when, when you are and when you're not eligible for severance, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But typically the severance plans are pretty standard for a lot of companies um, by rank. There, you know, isn't always room for negotiation. However, um, that's not to say that it's never happened, and that's not to say that you shouldn't ask the question. So, I'll give you an example. If you're leaving a company, if you know, if you're, if they're asking you to depart from a company, mm-hmm. and you're departing, and it's the, I don't know, call it the end of the month or the middle of the month, mm-hmm. and you have a family, and mm-hmm. you know that you need your benefits for at least another month, mm-hmm. ask the question: Is it possible for you all to extend my benefits for me? Mm-hmm. The worst that they can say is no. Okay. That's the worst that they can say. Mm-hmm. So so just just ask would be my advice. Okay. Okay. And talking of severance packages, because I, I was only let go. I don't remember getting a severance package. <laughs> Now, everybody okay. might not get one. Okay, okay. okay. Is that, you have to be at a she certain... She felt like she was cheated. Right, right. at a, cer- like, a certain level to get service packages. <laughs> is that, like, what is, who, who gets those? Mm. You know, not everybody gets one. It depends on the company. Okay. It depends on the company. Um, and, you know, it's typically all levels but it, again it, it depends on mm-hmm. how long you've been there mm-hmm. it depends on you know whatever their policy is mm-hmm. because typically a lot of companies may have their standard policy around mm-hmm. what their severance is mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. that makes sense did you have no um okay. yeah i didn't have anything else this has Listen, been this was a Full discussion. Hello, with Miss HR, <laughs> yes. and we thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. We thank appreciate everything. Me. We um, do we have quick time for a quick? We or? can do yeah. We can okay. do a quick letter. So if you want to hang on and, and 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 chime in because these are our little HR related. <laughs> um, we usually we like we say we are not 
advisors. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do is our opinion. Right. Um. So yeah, if you want to chime the opinions in, of our guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to chime in, but um, just quickly, so. If you have questions that you would like to be possibly read on the show, you can email us at divaadvice at gmail.com. That is D-I-V-A-A-D-V-I-C-E Diva at gmail.com. And so our listener wrote in and they just asked two simple questions. They said, hey, divas, how do Quick and Lee prepare for interviews? And also, Hmm. they're an individual, so what they were explaining is that they work at a company where it's very hierarchical. So, analysts, senior analysts, lead analysts, etc. And so, I guess this is the time of the year where those mid-year reviews are coming up, Mm -hmm. so they wanted to know, like, what questions or things do they need to consider to prepare for the conversation? And, like, how can they position themselves to kind of get that next bump up or to that next, I guess, whatever level is? Okay. So we'll have the second part of the question by Ms. Ashley yes, Char. Yes, we will. And we will, talk about our, <laughs> we will talk about how we interview. So we'll let you yeah. go first and answer the second part of the question. Like, how can they prepare for those promotional um, opportunities? Yeah, yeah, the mid-year. Well, I definitely think that it's important to make sure that you're clear on what the expectations are for mm-hmm. that new role. Mm-hmm. So that promotion, it's a new role. Mm-hmm. So let's be very clear about what the expectations are. And I have some company that's just come in here with me. Mm -hmm. So you guys, please, that background noise, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's 01, and my company just flew through the door. (laughs) 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 We sure will not. You know what? This is, I don't want to stop and say this because I am such a perfectionist, but it's time to even duck and start having some life up here. Okay. So. I'm like, girl, keep going, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're home home Mm -hmm. full-time and they're loud. On the promotion piece, make sure that you are clear on what the expectation is for Mm -hmm. that new role. So what a lot of people, what I've seen happen is a lot of folks say, oh, I want to be promoted. I've been here for years. One of the first questions that I ask someone when they walk through my door is, are you performing in that capacity now? Mm-hmm. Are you able to perform in that capacity today? Mm-hmm. So although you have the years of experience, are you able to perform in that capacity? Mm-hmm. So when you are going to have that discussion around promotion, be prepared to explain whether or not, or hopefully you are, so there's no not, but be prepared to explain how you're performing in that capacity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, as far as interview preparation, first mm-hmm. of all, I need to give credit to, because I've had a few, not only Miss HR, but I have an aunt who I am her twin who has prepared me. I've even used a service um, that does some consulting in terms of like um, recruiting because that's where their background is. Mm-hmm. So I practice with people and that feels awkward for me because I'm an introvert, so I really don't like stuff like that. But 
I always, and I, I think maybe some of the trend now is for people to, instead of asking you what's already right there on your resume that they can see, mm-hmm. tell me about your experience. They know what you did. Right. So they'll ask those situational questions. You know, tell me about a time you worked on a difficult task. Tell me about a time you had to work um cross-functionally with different mm-hmm. departments and things like questions. that. Right. right. Um, greatest strength, greatest weakness. You don't mm-hmm. want to tell them something too weak because you won't get the job. So uh, <laughs> one of the things that I do is, um, and there's actually, you can Google this, the common, most common situational or behavioral questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I usually take those top 10 to 12 and make sure and write out my answer, literally. Um, and what I do is that whole star method that people talk about. So what was the situation? What was going on? What was the task? What were you supposed to be doing? That's the T. The A is action. So what did I do in that situation? And then what was the result? And then I added a little kind of plus to it. So not only what was the result, but then what did I learn from it? Or how did I get better from it? Or use that in the future? So I kind of get those down, and then I practice with someone. So that's how I prepare for an interview. And then also I think really, and it's something that I had to learn along the way, make sure I know something about the company. Why do mm-hmm. I want to work there? It's not enough that, oh, I just want a different job. Oh, LinkedIn I just, is your friend, people. Yes, know something about the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's usually how I go about preparing. And so how Quick goes about preparing is using all of the resources that Lee was blessed with. Because she is my go-to person. Let me tell you how dope Lee is. Okay, mm-hmm. my I interview for a position, and I am a never. I do not feel like I. Now I do great in interviews. I have always gotten rave review in interviews, but I am a nervous wreck to do. Like that is just. I feel like that's my Achilles heel. Right. <laughs> I'm the person. I'm gonna get a panel to come to the house. <laughs> like y'all just sure. sit down. I'm gonna feed y'all real good. Mm-hmm. But I need, I need, just need yeah. to know my stuff, right? So I over prepare because I feel like I don't do well, mm-hmm. and that's what people always tell me is like you sound so prepared. Mm-hmm. But Lee is my resource, seriously. Like oh. I have wanted to prepare for an interview. This girl came out. My son was at track, oh yeah, doing his thing. <laughs> Lee got on that track with me, and we walked around that track, and she questioned me. This girl is dope. Okay, I have oh, to give her you. props. So that's how I prepare for an interview is by using her. So if she ever move, I'm just not going to apply for another job. Like, that's just just what it is. I just did the HR verse. So quick, (laughs) is it quick? Should I call you that? It was amazing. (laughs) Yes. So that's how we prepare for our interview. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want to wrap it up. So my quick tips is also kind of going to be HR related, but savings related. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, because it, it was going to be something else until Lee said we might not get them bonuses next year. I, just, I was just saying, you might want to prepare. Right, so it just completely switched up, y'all. So my, my quick step is going to be, um, you know, just prepare now mm-hmm. for those situations that may or may not come later, mm-hmm. right? So um, we all we always talk about emergency funds and stashing up for emergency funds. So I'm not saying that this is going to be like an emergency fund bucket. Right. But I do think when you get those bonuses, when you get those tax refunds, mm-hmm. people, well, stop blowing them. First it is. <laughs> get these tax refunds. <laughs> I'm putting something wrong on my form. <laughs> It's, it's just I'm it's, still upset it's about the children, that. child. It's the children. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get them, stop. I know it's a lot of money, and skies just seems the limit. You can get whatever you try. If you can 
stash 10 to 15 percent because it's so huge it's it's usually it's usually for the people that do get refunds Right, because okay. y'all can't see my face. <laughs> right, our yeah. face is tore up. She's like, girl, this you talking about $30? You want me to say $3? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but people who did get those nice bonuses, because the people that get like $30 usually get really nice bonuses. Don't do that. So, okay. Okay. So <laughs> if you get, you know, really decent bonuses and really decent um, tax refunds, just try to, you know, make your first priority be to save and then mm-hmm. spend a leftover. So I would just say get that chunk now because, like you said, you might got a really nice bonus this year, and then next year the company doesn't perform well, and mm-hmm. it's and you depending on right. the same thing you got this year, and it doesn't happen, and then you're in a bind. Mm-hmm. So save, I would just say take a 10%, 10 to 15% mm-hmm. if you can and, and put that money away. Yeah, yeah. All right, D&D fam. Well, that wraps this episode. We want to thank Miss HR for being here today. Yes. And yes, thank you all amazing. for listening in. You can follow us in the meantime on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. Divas and Duckets. Um, you can also see our website, www.divasandducats.com. So we will see you all next time. Yes, have a great attitude. All right, bye.